Welcome to You Relevant, the podcast that is all about helping you find relevance in the economy of now. My name is Mike Wheeler, and I'm an online instructor, entrepreneur, and cloud career coach. I gravitate towards tools and tech that enable you to create something new, advance your career, and find the intersection between attainable and essential. Irrelevant is sponsored by MikeWheelerMediaLive.com. If you are studying for your first Salesforce certification, I want to let you know about my live training option. I run a live Salesforce administrator training class three to four times a year. This is a live class that runs for nine weeks. And in this live setting, I cover the latest updates from Salesforce, and I'm also able to answer your questions live. So if you'd like to learn in a live group setting with greater interactivity, then go to MikeWheelerMediaLive.com. There you'll find schedule and pricing information and FAQ, and you can also register. Just go to MikeWheelerMediaLive.com for details. All right, so today we're joined by Stephanie Rhodes, and this is a where are they now sort of episode of this interview. I talked to Stephanie a few years ago uh, whenever she was newer in her Salesforce career, and now that she's a grizzled veteran with several years under her belt, I thought it was time to check in and see how Stephanie's doing. So Stephanie, how are you today? I'm doing really well, Mike. Thanks. Um, right. Yeah, things are good. Awesome. <laughs> Well, I know you've been out there inspiring others uh, because you are someone that has come out of retirement and has joined the Salesforce ecosystem. So for those of you that don't know or haven't heard your story before, can you share your journey to your uh, Salesforce job? Sure. Real quick. I was, um, my daughter uh, worked for Salesforce. She had joined maybe a year before and I was really intrigued about Salesforce. I had been in technology in the past, most of all my life, basically, but I retired for 14 years. So now I was 68 at the time and decided to take a look at Salesforce. So I started with Mike's courses, your courses, and um, was interested and kept kept at it and decided to take the certification, the sysadmin tracked and do the certification exam. And here again, I was 68. And hadn't been working for 14 years. I'd been pretty much playing golf, <laughs> enjoying the retirement life. So I took the exam and failed. And I called my daughter and said, I took the sysadmin certification exam, but I failed. And she goes, I'm not even sure why you're doing this. She said, you're retired and you have a great life. And I said, because it's something I wanted to do. So I was going to give up, but I decided to go back to it. And um Took it again uh, a few months later. This was December. Oh, gosh, I don't know what year this would have been. I don't know, 2017, maybe whatever. And I passed. So now I had this certification. And um, my daughter knew somebody who worked for uh, Hertz. And they had just moved to the uh, Florida area. They're pretty close to where I live. And she said, give your resume to her. This lady was a director at Hertz. But she was in the legal department at IT. She passed on my resume to IT. And within a week or so, I got a call from Hertz and they wanted to interview me. So I really felt like this isn't going to happen, not at my age. <clears throat> and I had no Salesforce experience except for one new brand new certification. And um, they hired me. I uh, found myself working full time, getting up at 545 in the morning, not to play golf, but to go to work. 
and be a Salesforce sysadmin. So now I think you've been on the job at Hertz for almost three years now. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. April will be three years. And and I'm kind of shocked that I'm still there and loving it. And they seem to still like me. So (laughs) they had a big furlough last year. Huge. A lot of people know Hertz went into Chapter 11 bankruptcy and um, they've had to furlough a lot of people. But I was not. (laughs) I uh, Having Salesforce skills that kind of save you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think that helps you really remain competitive in the marketplace. And I had seen the news about Hertz and I thought of you instantly and was hoping that Things were still going well, and so so glad to see that uh, you were still there and still succeeding and everything. And then you mentioned that at the time you were 68 years old, and so now uh, you had put online somewhere that you're soon to turn 72. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, a few more months. (laughs) Yeah, and so you mentioned as well when this was starting out and you were going down this path of interviewing with this large Fortune 500 company, you kind of thought this can't be happening or something like that. Can you talk about some of the doubts that you had to overcome personally in order to succeed in landing that job? Well, again, I hadn't worked in a long time and I hadn't interviewed probably in 20 years mm-hmm. if we put it all together. So my interview skills, I felt, were probably pretty rusty. And I think the worst part is that I had no Salesforce experience. So they put me in front of the most technical person you could imagine to interview me. <laughs> he hardly cracked a smile. <laughs> and so I was a wreck. And so he was, he looked at my resume and he was very serious. And, and I think I had written this on the Facebook post that your Facebook post that he asked me, had I built an app? And, mm-hmm. and luckily I had, um, it was just an app that I've never used for anything, but I built an app when I was taking your course and with the help of trailhead, I built an app. So I told him about the app and what I did and how I arranged the objects and all that. And then he had this smile on his face and I'm like, I think I nailed it. I think this is, this is the key. And, uh, within a few days later, I got a call that I was hired. So th- since then, this man has become a really close friend of mine, and he and his family are wonderful people. And um, I asked him, you know, months later, why he hired me. And he said, because I certainly expressed an ability to want to learn and that I had built an app. So mm-hmm. it's advice I give to anybody, build an app. Mm-hmm. I, really, on a side note, I was on a call this morning of a great person at Hertz who is leaving the company for another opportunity and he has nine certifications and so they asked can you give some advice on how you get nine certifications he has a family full-time job and he's he kind of gave us a step-by-step and one of the things he said is build an app Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I thought that was so interesting you know he said schedule the exam 45 days out so that and he said, and then like 30 days out, do this, 15 days out, do this. And and then he said, build an app. So it's great advice. And it certainly worked for you. And I remember when you first kind of crossed my path, I think that you're really good at cutting through the noise. And, um, you know, a lot of people, they they get a rejection or they're told they don't have enough experience. But what really stood out about you to me was, and I don't know if you remember this or not, I was sending out a survey just uh, asking my yeah, students about what is the, your biggest obstacle 
to uh, landing a Salesforce job. And the number one response was lack of experience. But you had put in there something about how you basically made your own experience. You built an app. And I highlighted that in like this slide deck. And I was, I was quoting Stephanie and I didn't even know who you were, you know. And then it was later when I was interviewing you, I put it together like you're the one out of the 500 responses that I was like, this lady gets it. You know, this is someone that understands. And, you know, you had some obstacles to overcome. You know, you had a gap of 14 years or so on your resume. You are, you know, in retirement age, if you will. And a lot of people think, oh, they're not going to hire me because they want someone that's going to stick around for 20 years or whatever. And but what is true, I think, in the Salesforce ecosystem is that there's such a shortage of talent that companies will take someone knowing, okay, they may only be here four or five, six years or something like that. We'll take it rather than thinking, I think the days of the golden parachute and the 40-year career have kind of gone by the wayside. So, right. um, but I think that you're a great example of just courageously going in there and going for it, despite the, the doubts that you were having, you know, and then putting into action things like building an app and so the reason that they hired you, and I think it's important for people to hear this, was not because of your experience. And I think I had the same sort of result in my first Salesforce interview where I actually landed a job. I had very minimal to no experience on the platform, and but I beat out people that had a lot more experience because I exuded this um, impression that I was always learning and that I would figure things out. And I think that that's kind of what won the day for you as well, because you exemplified that in building apps and showing that you were learning and just uh, willing to go for it, you know, so. You know, you're so right. In my cover letter to them, when I submitted my resume, I think one of the lines I wrote is I have a dogged determination to figure things out. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and that's what it takes. That's what it takes. And I think a lot of times whenever people are told they don't have enough experience, that may be just a safe uh, thing for people to say when it may be something else that is causing them to not want to hire you, it, not you, but others, as far as um, it's just an easy excuse, if you will. So I think the more that people can uh, just embrace their background and their history, you know, and you had a large gap there, but prior to that, you have this wealth of experience. And I was kind of spying on your LinkedIn profile. And I was very impressed with your career, you know, because I just know you as a Salesforce administrator, but you've done a lot of work prior to this. And so can you talk a little bit about your career pre-Salesforce and pre your first retirement? <laughs> Actually, I go back to the mid 70s. <laughs> Since you know, I my age now, I certainly sure. can talk about that. I uh, started my first job at Goddard Space Flight Center in Maryland, and really? yeah, I had no idea what a what data processing was, is what we called it back then. And they put a computer tape in my hand and some key punch cards, and everyone's no one on this call is going to know what that means, except maybe I know what that means. <laughs> my view, right? sorry. So I uh, started to learn about computers, and they would hire anybody. I was pretty good at math. So that was that was the help. And then after I left there, I, I got a job at the Johns Hopkins Applied Physics Lab in Maryland and in the IT department. And I was on their help desk. So I learned Fortran and some COBOL and some programming languages. But what I really liked doing is working with the users and communicating. So I decided 
to get a job in sales, but in, in technical sales and business development. So I ended up working for some large corporations like Lockheed Martin. Um, uh, KPMG was my latest position before I retired. So I've always stayed and in, in sy sold systems integration. So business development for systems integration companies. So I've always stayed on top of the latest in technology because you have to if you're a business development manager. And I never got too far away, but I was never a developer. Um, mm -hmm. I was at the Applied Physics Lab in Goddard, but for years I was not a developer. So that's <clears throat> when I got away from it all. I think I missed it, and and that was one of the reasons when I when I saw Salesforce, I truly didn't understand what the cloud application was. I just thought it's got to be on your mainframe, it's got to be on something, you know. <laughs> you can't just have a cloud application. And then when my daughter said, "No, it really is in the cloud," then I was like, "Okay, I have to learn more about this." When you're in technology and you get away from it, I think you never really get away from it, you know. I mean, I. When we went to PCs, I learned DOS and I learned Windows and I did that because you always have that insatiable curiosity about technology. You never do leave it and certainly led me to my Salesforce career. So that was my background. So I was lucky. I think you saw my LinkedIn profile. I was able to put somebody in the space shuttle while it was on the launch pad, one of my clients, because I worked for Lockheed Martin. So yeah. I had I was actually able to... Uh, go to a nuclear submarine and get a tour because I worked at Johns Hopkins Applied Physics Lab. And that's what we did was research on nuclear submarines. So I've had an amazing, amazing career. Awesome. Yeah, I did see the space shuttle thing on your LinkedIn profile. And a kind of a interesting tidbit is you mentioned Goddard Space Flight Center in Maryland. My two oldest sons did an internship there several years ago. And so we spent six weeks of a summer about Five or six years ago there so we spent a lot of time on campus and uh yeah they were doing more film related work <laughs> and they were around all these uh like genius kids high school kids you know my boys are smart but the, these were kids that were spotting like new galaxies and quasars and oh my, my, my boys are like editing videos <laughs> and stuff so ah. but it was awesome so we uh, love that facility, and that was a great experience and a great resume builder for them as well. To have NASA on the resume as a teenager yeah. was pretty impressive. You know, I don't have that. So, <laughs> so anyway, well, that's awesome. So, um, so coming out of retirement, you know, you had been playing golf in Florida 14 years. And so now suddenly you're joining or rejoining corporate America. Um, what were some of the biggest challenges in, um, what was the runway like? So when you're starting a new job, you've got, I call like a 30 day runway or honeymoon period before you start having to really prove yourself a whole lot. What was that like as far as how much did that stretch you starting out in that new position in a new, uh, I guess, platform? What were some of the biggest challenges? It was horrible. <laughs> was it? Yeah. I, I was scared every day. I it was kind of crazy. I didn't need the job for financial, which I was lucky. You know, we were, we had planned our retirement well and we were, I was fine. But personally, I, I hate to fail. I just hate to fail. <laughs> and so when I got there, I, I, I just felt I was in totally over my head. Mm -hmm. I thought maybe I had talked myself into a position that I really wasn't qualified for. You know, they call it the imposter syndrome. I had it in spades. And so when I, one of the first things I had to do 
um, small little things my manager gave me uh, was to set up a user. Mm -hmm. Truly, Mike, I freaked. I, I couldn't think about how to set up a user. I mean, something so simple in setting up a user. And I had to look at, because you look at the problem statement. I got an email from a business person saying, can you have this user do this, this, and this? Nobody told me exactly what fields to fill, fill out. They just told me what they wanted this user to be able to do. So I had to figure out what profile to give that user, what permission sets. And I just went blank. I couldn't do it. And then... I, I dissected the email again and went, okay, I could do this. I remember calling my husband saying, I'm quitting because you've been there like a month. I said, I'm quitting. <laughs> and he goes, calm down, take a breath. You can do it. Think about what they need to have done. You know how to do this. Mm -hmm. So I went back on saying, oh, yeah, I know how to do this. So I did it. And you're right. So then they put me on a project in Europe. I was in the States called GDPR, which is their privacy yep. protection in Europe. And they had me on that project and that was fun. It was fun trying to figure out what the privacy needs were and how to set that up in Salesforce. And so that runway uh, was what ramped up pretty quickly. And, uh, but I just kept thinking, I remember once sitting at lunch with my manager who the quiet guy, technical mm -hmm. guy who hired me and I started to cry. And he just looked at me, he said, Stephanie, he said, I thought you were, I thought you were stronger than this when I hired you. Come on. And I go, but I don't think I can. He goes, he just rolled his eyes. I mean, that's how scared I was. And he was right. I can do this. My husband was right. I can do this. And so I just got over it and I just stuck with everything. And obviously on trailheads constantly and, and Googling everything I can Google and all the information's out there to help you. And then I realized, when they hire you, they do not want you to fail. They'll, companies will do everything. This is such just good advice for anyone who has imposter syndrome. They put a lot of effort into hiring you. They had to onboard you. They had to, they had to do a lot of work to hire you. They want you to succeed. And, and, and unless you're just a horrible person, and, and I don't think anybody is, they're going to do everything they can to make sure you succeed. All you have to do is tell them, I, I don't know how to do this. Can I get some help? And they will. So once I got over that, it probably took me about three months to start really getting my stride and saying, yeah, I, I can do this. And now there's nothing they can throw at me that number one, I can't either that I can't figure out or I don't know where to go to get the help. And so now there's there's no emails that ever come in anymore. None that's that freak me. And so mm -hmm. I can it, it's it's really good. But it took a while to get there. Yeah, I can imagine. But that's huge. You know, and you think about it. I think it's encouraging for people to hear this story because, you know, you've you've got a background where you've put people on space shuttles you know, and you've had a long career of success. And yet hitting this this new area. Uh, scared you, you know, very significantly, but you've survived it and you've made it through to the other side. And it's one of these things. And I remember when I was starting out as well and not really knowing when and if to create an object or, you know, <laughs> just being yeah. hesitant to create an object like, oh, I don't know if I should do this. There might, maybe we can do this with a pickless field or something. So, you know, one thing I know, Stephanie, is you mentioned your husband and him being supportive of your early days in your Salesforce career and helping to assuage some of those doubts. And uh, so how important was that to have a support system 
And then can you, uh, I guess, give us an update on, um, I know that you recently suffered a loss as well in that regard. And I recently lost my father over the past year or so, a little over a year now. And uh, so what has that whole experience been like for you while working and uh, just reflecting back on this journey? Um, just what do you have to share? What wisdom do you have to share from going through that? Well, my my husband was my biggest Hertz cheerleader. There's no doubt about it. He was so proud. He was so proud when I passed my exam and he was so proud on the first day. He took a picture of me getting in the car like a kid in school. And he was just, he, he tried to learn to cook, not real well, but <laughs> so that he could have food ready when I got home. He was just my biggest support system. And again, when I got scared, he'd be the one I'd call then um, he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. I'd been at Hertz about a year and um, it was terrible diagnosis, big shock. And um, he was diagnosed in January, 2019. And so Hertz was wonderful. And I was able to work from home for a lot of it. And, um, but I didn't miss any deadlines and got everything done. And then he passed uh, in November. So we had almost a year and so um, it was a huge setback. And again, I, I said to myself, do I want to keep doing this? Do I want to keep working? Um, and the answer was yes, through the whole thing. I still love what I do. I love Salesforce. I love Hertz. I love the organization. And I thought, if I didn't do this, what would I do? I'd just be worried every day. And then after he passed, I was put on this huge project to run the uh, UAT for uh, one of the biggest rollouts of Salesforce you probably can have. I mean, this was a global custom rollout. We were completely redesigning our Salesforce system for almost, you know, 1500 users around the world, all of our call center agents and our Salesforce. We were completely redesigning this. It wasn't just moving it to lightning. It was a complete redesign of the system. And they asked me to run UAT and my husband had just passed. He had passed in November and this was right after the holidays in January of uh, uh, 2020. So I took it on. I said, okay. And I didn't have any idea. I mean, I almost had to look up the letters UAT. That's how, (laughs) that's how much I didn't understand. So I had to have meetings globally every day, people in Europe, people in EMEA every day. And what, it's almost like it took, it didn't take his place, but it kept me, I mean, I was working till like 10 at night and from six in the morning till 10 at night, because I guess our, I told you our users are global. And it was about two, two solid months of this until we had the rollout in March. And it was almost like he gave me this to say, okay, you need to be immersed in something right now because it was a tough, it was a dark, a dark time for me but I didn't really have time to feel sorry for myself. So um, it was a blessing looking back on it. I was a mess again. (laughs) It was a tough project, but uh, my business users are so wonderful that they got me through it. Yeah, that's excellent. That's excellent. Yeah. I remember kind of following the story of your husband and everything. And I know that you had the opportunity to go to Dreamforce and you had to kind of let that go by the wayside as well while you were caring for your husband. 
And because uh, I think you were asked to speak at the admin keynote or something. They wanted me sport. to, this will send chills for me. They wanted me to be on stage to enter at the admin keynote to interview part, uh, to um, introduce Parker Harris, one mm-hmm. of the co-founders of Salesforce. And it was fine. I had to say no, of course. And yeah. um, so my husband was 100% came first. Right, <laughs> right. Never regretted yeah. saying no, but maybe right. someday I'll get invited back to Dreamforce. <laughs> yes, yes. My hope is, is that uh, 2021, somehow COVID will calm down and there will be a in-person Dreamforce and you'll be center stage because you certainly deserve it, you know. Well, and you. Uh, but just kudos to you for just having great priorities there. And then also rising to the challenge of handling a huge task like that. And for those that don't know, UAT stands for user acceptance testing. And, uh, and so I'm sure you did a great job on that as well. So yeah, I remember you losing your husband and then my father passed away December 2nd of 2019. So it was right after. So I remember us kind of commenting uh, through Twitter or somewhere, you know, so, but, um, but anyway, so um, I think that, you know, people probably curious what um, what drives you now? You know, you've accomplished a lot. You've been with Hertz for almost three years now. What are your what are some of your goals moving forward besides appearing on stage at Dreamforce? Funny you should say that. I just signed up for the. Uh, I saw on, on your uh, page somebody asked for uh, is there a certification class? There are coupons right now for certification classes, yeah. and I'm like, huh. I should get my uh, service cloud certification and then my sales cloud. Huh. So I just signed up for the service cloud certification course. And now I'm, uh, and I'm going to take the advice of the, the employee today who was leaving saying book the exam 45 days out. So the course isn't until I think like February, early March, something like that. So then I'm going to book the exam and I'm going to get my, certification my service cloud certificate consultant service consultant cloud consultant certification and then after that my sales cloud consultant certification and then i'll have five and that's enough okay (laughs) so that's enough so i don't know if i'll have them both all by 72 but it would be a pretty good goal to get them in by the time i'm 72 i wanted them by the time i'm 70 but that didn't happen with him getting sick so sure so yeah so here i am Still trying to get more certifications. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. And it's really applicable too. Yeah. You know, that's the nice thing about studying towards certifications is it does expose you to kind of avenues or cul-de-sacs of the platform that otherwise you wouldn't visit, even in your job sometimes, or maybe sometimes your job calls for having to learn some of those things. So right. uh, that's great though. And I, I guess you will have what I call the fundamental five because you have admin, advanced admin, and platform app builder, correct? Right. 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 Now, I told you I was spying on you. I was looking you on do. your LinkedIn That's profile. That's really good. <laughs> right, right. And it was good that you had them on your LinkedIn profile. So do you, uh, are you very uh, active on social media, very active on LinkedIn or Twitter or not so much? Or I, I have, uh, I'm pretty active on uh, Twitter, not so much on LinkedIn. Um like something like 600 Twitter followers. So that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's the big, pretty much the Salesforce Ohana. So um, yeah, I guess, I guess I'm pretty active on it. Uh, there's a, there's a podcast called Campfire Stories and I've been interviewed by Stacy Cogswell. And, and so it's, it's the Ohana is great. I mean, 
they were really supportive when I was going through what I was going through with my husband and, and they're just so good about, you know, being there for you and, you know, you can ask questions and it's just kind of like your web, your uh, Facebook page. Everybody's kind of a close knit community in Salesforce. And so, yeah. Yeah. That's one thing that's impressed me about uh, the Ohana or the Salesforce ecosystem is how helpful everybody is. And I think we all have had experiences in a technical realm, wherever it may be in the past, where you're afraid to ask questions because those that know hold it like a closely guarded secret. But in this particular ecosystem, people are willingly uh, able to share their own knowledge. And I think part of that is there's uh, there's such a wealth of opportunity out there that there's not this scarcity mindset. Like if I share what I know, then I, that's going to hurt me in getting jobs in the future or something, you know, but with there being so many jobs out there and so much opportunity, then it just kind of, I think, frees everybody up. And I think people are turned off by that mindset of, oh, I'm the expert or I know something. And, and I guess this harkens back to the imposter syndrome as well of how when people are starting out, they can become really overwhelmed by what they don't know. But the more you learn, the more you realize how much you don't know, you know, (laughs) especially with Salesforce (laughs) and the platform is growing so quickly that it's outpacing any human's capacity to learn it all, you know, know. so I think just when you think you've got something down here comes a new release. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's part of the challenge is, and that's what I'm looking at is like, how do I keep all this stuff updated? You know, which I'm working on ways of improving that, but um, so all right, so you're going for a couple more certifications, and so now I, think, I really have to do it. Now that I told you, I'm going yeah, to. Yeah, you're. you're <laughs> we're going to be checking in next year to see if you made that happen or not, and see what's going on then. But, uh, I, but I do see people asking questions like on Reddit or Twitter or LinkedIn, and they'll be saying something ridiculous like, "Oh, I'm 32. Am I too old to start a Salesforce <laughs> career?" Or I'm 45, and I'm personally 50 right now. You know, but I see people that are much younger than I thinking that's too late. And so what would you say to those people? Look at me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just look at me. That's what I would say. Three years at a Fortune 500 company. I had one of the best reviews I've probably ever had a few months ago. I mean, if I can do it, if Stephanie can do it, you can do it. Uh, it's funny. One of my daughter's clients spoke to me because he wanted to pass the exam. And I think he would his early 50s and he felt he was too old and as we were talking he wrote this big thing on a piece of paper put it up on his wall if Stephanie can do it I can do it <laughs> I started laughing so that would be the advice oh please don't let age that's just an excuse don't let that get in your way um you know we all have life experiences I don't care if you're 22 or you know 72 don't Age is just a number. You hear that, but it really, really is. It's, it's what's it's how you look at yourself and what's in your head. And so if you think you're old, you're old. If you think you're young, you're young. I personally think I'm young. So just keep at it and, and don't doubt yourself. You, you know, even when you get on the job and you get the imposter syndrome, keep going. Just keep going. You know, show up. <laughs> So much of life is showing up. That's the saying, and it's true. Just show up and be there and dig in. Excellent advice. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie. And we look forward to uh, seeing your next uh, successes, and we'll keep in touch. 
Okay, Mike, thank you. And thank you for all that you do to help the, the Salesforce community. So many people, I, I recommend you all the time. So many people have passed the exam because of you and, and started their careers because of you. And I'm certainly one of them. Irrelevant is sponsored by MyQuillerMediaPlus.com. You'll find all of my courses on my platform, so just go to MyQuillerMediaPlus.com. You'll also find exclusive content there, such as my brand new Salesforce Certified Administrator course for 2021. It's bigger and better than ever and available nowhere else. Simply go to MyQuillerMediaPlus.com and sign up for a seven-day free trial today. You'll find dozens of courses and hundreds of hours of in-depth video training content. Also, be sure to download our mobile apps for iOS and Android. Just search for MyQuiller Media Plus on your favorite app store, and you'll find us there too. So if you could please do this new podcaster a solid, please share this podcast with others. I also want to hear your voice. Please do reach out to me. I want to include the voices of my listeners. If you have any questions, leave that in a voice message. You may be featured in a future episode. And please subscribe, share, spread the word about you relevant. And together we'll help you and others find relevance in the economy of now. Thanks. Thanks.